killing all these suckers where they at Man, seeing through your cap, cause my vision is a cat scan Trying to eat up in the game like I'm Pac-Man uh, So I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman uh, Hey, what's up y'all, welcome to Case Court Podcast It's your boy Case, the realest basketball fan alive And I'm live from Las Vegas, Nevada What's up, Thank you for tuning in This is Season 3, Episode 2 and to give you a quick background of this podcast, I give you detailed analysis of NBA rosters as I cover current events within the NBA, particularly as they relate to fantasy. Some episodes I'll be focusing on topics prominent within the actual NBA league, and others I'll be accompanied by other league mates within my fantasy network to discuss interesting topics in our fantasy league. And today is an NBA episode, which means I'm rolling solo on this one, all right? So the topics I got for you today are, one, early season overreactions. You know, we're three weeks into the season, so of course people are going to overreact based on what they see on this short stint so far. So we're going to be talking about overrated teams, underrated teams. Next, I'll be talking about the up-and-coming teams, which is a little bit different because um, this time of the season is what I like to call rebuild type rebuild season, which is when the rebuilding teams kind of get a gist of where their season is going to go, whether they got to go for a hard tank or whether they want to con- try and contend for the playoffs. So this is where they kind of separate uh, where the different the rebuilding teams are in their rebuild. Then lastly, I'll be comparing the rookie class versus the sophomore class, just the the rookie class of 2020 and the rookie class of 2021, just compare their trajectories and just um, see what we've seen from them them so far based on what we expected. You know, that 2020 draft was famously known to be as a weak draft and the 2021 draft was known to be as league changing. So it'll be interesting to see these two develop. We'll be talking about what we've seen based on, you know, this first, these first three weeks of the season. So, and I know there's other topics going on in the NBA, like, you know, the Kyrie vaccination and the Ben Simmons and mental health and all that f- stuff going on in Philly. Uh, I-, I could say that for another day. You know, I'm waiting for more information on that to come out to address all of that. But today, I like to focus on the basketball aspect of things, all right? So, like I said, I'm rolling dolo. It's your boy Case. So, let's get right into these topics. First off, let's talk about the overreactions, all right? And what I'd like to do is I I look at each conferences and I'll talk about who I think is overrated, who I think is underrated in each conference. So I'll start over, I'll start here with the Eastern Conference and I'll start with overrated teams. And the number one team I think is being overrated right now, and, and this hurts a bit, is the Chicago Bulls. And and this is just as far as it pertains to perceiving them as being a top three or four team in the West. And I get it, you know, with the addition of DeRozan and Lonzo, th- those are some exciting things that we saw coming into the season. A- and give them props for the trade last season to get Vucevic because that's impacting this season as well. So I, I love those moves to surround Levine because, you know, Levine is, is 26, 27. So he- he's-, he's around that that age where it's like, you know, um, we're, we're, we're starting to get to your peak here. So we, we need to start, um, we need to see if we could make a run here in the playoffs. So I love those moves that they make, but I do think based on the excitement around what's going on, I think people are, are slightly overrating them because when I just look at this roster construction, you know, outside, you know, when I look at the main 
guys that are playing, the core of this team, I, I kind of wonder who's going to play defense outside of Lonzo. You know, I, I understand, you know, Levine, DeRozan, Vucevic, they all have the IQ that's good enough to be to hold up on that end, you know, and if they're motivated, they could surprise. But uh, um, they're just not known on for being def- imposing on defense on the defensive end. So I, I want to see where this team, what this team looks like when it really starts to get real and they start playing against, you know, the teams we expect them to compete against, which are the, you know, the 76ers and, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, just the top teams in the East and see how, uh, um, I, I don't know how well they'll be able to hang with them, but we'll see. The next team that I think is being slightly overrated, and I think this kind of just stems from how good they were last season, which is the Knicks. And I, I, I just think that overall, you know, the, just the excitement of, you know, the Knicks return and, you know, we, we see some, you know, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppins is starting the season pretty solid. You know, there's just a lot of excitement. You know, Evan Fournier, he, he's always been a baller, but that addition and Kemba Walker, like there's a lot of good things going on with Randall winning most improved so the energy is good the energy is good in new york and you know with with thibodeau like I, i'm like the biggest thibodeau fan I, I was one of the first ones to be a fan of that hiring for the knicks but the one the thing you have to understand about thibodeau and his defensive approach is that thibodeau gives you a floor right so you, you can give him a bunch of players you know it, it doesn't even a bunch of scraps and he's the type of coach that'll come in and say okay I'll make the defense good enough to where you're not going to be worse than the 11th team in the East, something like that, you know, or the 10th team in the East. So something like that. So Thibodeau gives you a floor as to where you're not going to be a bad team. But what I question is just the upside of this team and how this team is being perceived. Because, you know, when a team is successful, a lot of times we, we tend to look towards the next season to say, okay, let's see them take a step forward. And I don't really see them taking a step forward per se, uh, even though I do love the addition of Kemba and Fournier, that does add a little upside. But that's the key word to this team, the upside of this team. Like, I don't really trust the upside of this team and how they can compete with the upper echelon in the East. So I, I kind of see them staying stagnant and kind of repeating what they did last season. But we'll see how that turns out. The next overrated team, th- this one... Um, kind of also stems from last season and what they did last season is the Atlanta Hawks. And, and this is, this isn't to throw shade on them or or, or anything, but this is just to highlight how great of a season they had last year. And I think, you know, people are looking at this team, like this is, if they can do this at this age with more experience, another year within the league, this team should take another step forward. And I I just see a lot of pressure on Atlanta Hawks to, you know, take another step forward. You know, we want to see Trey Young succeed and all that. I get that. But I I just think we still have to understand this team, this team is still young and they really just started rebuilding like what, I don't know, four or five years or probably five years ago. So this team, if they are at the right time, they're in the right spot at the right time. They should be fighting for the playoffs and they should be in that mix. But I think we should, we should expect them to strut to, to go through their disappointments in the playoffs, you know, before we expect them to start, you know, knocking on the door with these top teams as well. So um, those are the teams I, I think are slightly being overrated 
the teams that I think are being underrated, the number one team I would say is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, I, I just love what they what they've done with their draft picks and their roster construction. You know, Darius Garland, I feel like could he, he's not he's not like he's not going to be like a Damian Lillard level of player. You never know. He could develop to be that. But I, I can see this guy being maybe a two time all star in the league, you know. So he, he is that caliber of player to um, where, you know, where when he comes into town, you're, you're worried about this dude. So. It's good to see his development. I, um, the Evan Mobley pick looks amazing right now. You know, the Jared, the Jared Allen trade that they did, uh, you know, during the Harden trade, you know, to kind of sneak in Jared Allen and re-signing him. At first, it looked like big money, but hey, man, he's he's balling out, man. This this dude is looking like he could be a top five center. He's looking Capella-ish, if I would say, you know. So, uh, the Cavs are looking real good. They're, they're starting to use... Sexton, like Sexton isn't being, um, he's not at the helm of the team anymore. He's he's being used more as, you know, the scoring um, role, which is what he's great at. But he's not, the leadership responsibility isn't on his shoulders as much. That's what I'm seeing. And I, I love that. I just love what the Cavaliers are doing. And just all, all those early draft picks that they got are finally starting to gel together and pay off, and they're starting to look like a real team. So I think they're being underrated. They could potentially make it into the play-in. So we'll see how that rolls out. The Raptors, I, I don't think people talk about the Raptors enough. And I, if you're an NBA fan, I'm, I'm sure you agree with me that nobody talks about the Raptors enough. So, you know, just with what they're doing with, you know, with, with Siakam still out, I, I know there's a lot of talk about Chris Boucher and why he's not getting enough minutes, but, you know, um, are you going to tell me that you're a better coach than Nick Nurse? I mean, maybe, maybe not, but based on his resume, I don't think so. So I, 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 I like what the Raptors are doing. Oh, yeah, when we talk about the Raptors, uh, I, I, I'll get a bit more into them. But So uh, let's talk about some more underrated teams. Another underrated team, maybe not now, people are kind of woken up, but the Hornets and what they're doing with Miles Bridges' improvement, you know, I'll talk about them a little bit as well later. But the underrated team that I like to talk about right now is the Boston Celtics. You know, like, as long as they have that duo of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're always going to be a threat as long as you have role players such as Marcus Smart, you know, even even Josh Richardson. I know he's starting a little slow, but Josh Richardson uh, and Dennis Schroeder. You know, though, when you have those kind of guys, and Robert Williams, like, I think they have, they have two stars that could strike fear into you any night, and then they have good enough role players surrounding them that fit pretty well to where I, I could see this team just coming back and bouncing back and being a top-four team in the East again, even better than the Bulls, you know, how, how everyone has high expectations on them. So I think Celtics are, are being slept on a bit. Another underrated team that I, I like here is the Indiana Pacers. I, I like I think they have potential to make that playing game. You know, Pacers are always they're always gonna be an underrated team, especially based on the market that they're in and, and just their overall approach to basketball. You know, there's they, they, they don't really shoot for upside when it comes to guys. They really they really find pieces that fit and, and they they're they're good at constructing rosters. So 
just the Pacers. I know Lavert is finally back. He's finally back in playing, so that's going to help them a lot. And also another wild card with the Pacers is T.J. Warren and his return. So if if the Pacers could at least, uh, the thing about the Pacers is they they play a lot of close games. They they're good at they're in a lot of coin toss type of games, and and it's really a, a matter of you know whether the ball bounces their way or not, to, which kind of plays out to whether they have a good season or not. So I think Pacers is a sleeper team that will make a lot of interesting games that could that might sneak in a lot of wins and potentially get like the seventh or eighth seed. So with that being said, I, um, that's the Eastern Conference, you know, my overrated and underrated teams. Just keep a lookout on that. For the Western Conference, the overrated team, I would say, Right now, the team being overrated right now, I would say, is the Golden State Warriors, okay? And I, I understand what's going on with, you know, Steph Curry potentially, you know, winning an MVP this season. I, I know we've been on the lookout for that. And just uh, Jordan Poole and his big improvements and just well, what they've been able to do without Clay. You know, I, I know we're looking at that team like, whoa, whenever Clay returns like that, this team is – is going to be a, be a contender, and that's correct. That's correct. But I think we have to keep our expectations in check while Clay isn't there. Okay, and and I know right now they're seven and one. They got off to a hot start, but I mean we we have to remember what they looked like last season. Although it's a different team, I, I get that. But the the element of what this team looks like without Clay, I, I think we saw what. What it looks like when too much is on Steph Curry's shoulder. We saw a bit of that last season. So I, I think until Clay returns, we have to be aware that this Warriors team could start to get on, start losing some games once these other teams start to gel. So that, that's probably my one of my overrated teams. Another team that I would say is overrated, and this kind of stems from, well, doesn't kind of definitely stems from last season, was is the Phoenix Suns. And I, I just feel like the Suns are a bit too young to put a lot of pressure on to say this is a top three team in the West or a top three team in the West. So so as far as the Suns go, I, I do love what they've done, you know, with their draft picks and everything over the past four or five seasons. But we have to understand how how big it how how big of a season they had last year and what's the chances of them even repeating or coming close to that you know what i'm saying and i understand the impact of chris paul as a leader and everything but we do have to understand you know like i say sometimes the ball bounces one way it, it, sometimes the ball just bounces your way now i feel like that was, there was a lot of that going on with the phoenix suns but yes they are a um bonafide playoff team in the west i'm i'm not questioning that at all but but yeah I, I, um when we see them in the mix as far as you know uh, a team that could potentially make it back to the conference finals that's possible yes but i, I wouldn't bet my money on that so, so um, and, and that kind of stems with just how difficult the West could be. So, uh, with that being said, I, I like to look at some of the teams that I think are being slightly underrated. And the first team that I have on my books here is definitely the LA Lakers. And just the whole fit of the conversation of how Westbrook um, could fit, you know, within the 
confines of LeBron and AD and just how that overall team is going to work. And I think what people need to realize with teams like the Lakers is they're not playing for November, December. And although I get it, it's the regular season, all the games count, you know, but this team has a mentality of it don't even matter what seed we are because we're, 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 our worry is who, who are we playing in the finals? You know what I'm saying? I know you got to get there and they might not make it there, but when your team has that type of mentality, you're not worried about how you're looking in November. So I, I, I think, I think we should be a really patient with this Laker team and kind of see how things come along, especially, you know, as you know, LeBron just took a week off because he just got injured. So we, we, we have to see how, how that comes along. And I know that a lot of it hinges on health, especially because of their age, but you, you have to understand the way LeBron develops his team is he, 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 he develops them to, to be dangerous in the playoffs, you know? So, so, um, so yeah, when, when they, when they really need to turn on the jets and win games in the regular season, like this, this team isn't going to miss the playoffs. And I, I think people are sleeping on how good this team could be when they start to gel, when it comes February, March, April, you know, like, um, I think they could use Westbrook in, in very interesting ways, you know? So so yeah, that that that's something to pay attention to. Uh, another sleeper team that I, I'm looking at right now is the Sacramento Kings, and just how competitive they are every year when it just at least in the beginning of the season. You know, like they're one of my favorite teams to bet on when it comes to spreads because a lot of times when season starts, you see a lot of their spreads are like plus eight, plus nine. But they, I mean, it, um, if you've been paying attention, especially this season the way they, they stay in games, you know, they're very, they're very competitive. And a lot of it stems from just the collection of talent that they have. So I'm, I'm going to talk about them a bit later because um, they're, they're also in the up and coming team. But the last underrated team that I like to talk about is the Portland Trail Blazers. And, and ironically, this team is always an underrated team for me. And maybe I just need to accept that they're just a disappointing team, you know, overall. So, just Blazers, whenever I look at them, you know, I know there's a lot of conversation with Damian Lillard and whether he's injured or not. And what and and I believe he passed on the surgery, whether he that might come up again. So. So, yeah, the, the Portland Trailblazers, they're definitely in limbo right now. There's their their season. Their season isn't looking bright at all, you know, but uh I don't sleep on their ability to turn it around just in case those rumors about Damian Lillard's health isn't true or if he's able to get healthy um, without missing too much time. And then and then just looking at the other pieces as far as, you know, I mean, Nurkic's always been there, Norman Powell. Uh, they, they've just been I, – I, I just like the way this – roster is constructed not not for not to win a championship or anything like that but just to be competitive and give people trouble like you know you guys got you got guys like Covington that people don't really pay attention to but you know if you're watching the game he he can impact plays tremendously so and, and then you know the addition of Larry Nance you never know what he starts looking like when he starts looking comfortable in that system so I, I think the Blazers and, and they added guys you know Cody Zeller Nazir Little starting to play pretty well I mean that there, there's there, there's potential for this Portland Blazer team but uh but 
it definitely relies on the guy, Dame Dollar, and we'll, we'll see how how he progresses going forward. But that that's just a quick run through of some of my, you know, how I feel about the overrated and underrated teams right now across the landscape. I mean, I know um, you guys may disagree with some of them, but it's all good, man. We all got our opinions. So um, with that being said, th- that's just um, quick overreactions um, to the first three weeks of the season. Now I'd like to move up into the up-and-comers, and this is the really the meat of this time of the season where, you know, the up-and-coming teams get to show what they got. You know what I'm saying? Like, they get to show the improvements that they did over the summer, All the, some of these young players, you know? So, especially if, if they were dealing with injuries and never got to show out, you know, guys like Darius Garland and stuff, you know? So, not, well, he, he, played, he played well last season, but just how he was injured the year before and came out, you know, the next season. So it's just, um, uh, 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 this is pretty much up and coming season. So since I just mentioned Darius Garland, the first team I'm going to talk about here is the Cavaliers. And just, like I said, they just did a solid job of drafting and, and just putting together a roster that I believe fits very well. And although I know they were gifted a lot of early picks, you know, and, and, and it took some time, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's not about the road, but it's all about well, well, the road does it. The road is the most important, actually. Let me take that back. But at the end of the day, it's not about how you get there, but it's what's what's important is that you get there. You know, y'all know the y'all know the quote that I'm talking about. So it, it looks like they're starting to get there. They're starting to get things together. You know, as we talk about, as we just seen the the Phoenix Suns. You know, they kind of had a similar thing going on where they had solid draft picks in all these different positions that fit well. And once you throw a guy like Chris Paul in that mix, bam, you know, a little thing go this way, a little thing go that way, and you're in the finals. You know, so uh, I, I, I love what the Cavs are, have done with their roster construction. Evan Mobley, he looks like the front runner, well, one of the front runners for Rookie of the Year. Ricky Rubio, who who was supposed to come in as more of the mentor? He he came in as is actually impacting on the floor more than I expected. But even though I, I I know how good Rubio is, but I didn't expect them to lean on him to a, a, as a player. You know this you know for a team this young. So that that's interesting to see his impact as far as them winning so so soon. So. The Cavs, yes, they're probably my best team right now to bet on when it comes to to spreads and whatnot. So the next up-and-coming up and team that I see right now is the Raptors, you know, and, and it's interesting to compare the Cavs and the Raptors because, you know, the Cavs have all these high draft picks that they constructed into one roster, whereas the, the Raptors, their draft, the guys that they have weren't really high draft picks. They're... They're they're with the Raptors being no more for development. They have a lot of guys that they kind of just swooped up, you know, that no one was kind of looking at, swooped up, developed, and bam, they're impacting the league. So I I, I love you know I, I love to see that from the Raptors from you know even like to their most recent draft pick you know Delano Benton, you know he's 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 already looking like one of the steals of the draft and. And I, I think that's a large part because he's on that Toronto Raptors 
roster. And then, I mean, we can't talk about the Raptors without talking about Scotty Barnes. You feel me? That That's the guy that's neck and neck with Evan Mobley as far as, you know, r- rookie of the year conversation and just how good he's looked. So uh, I, I know there was conversation on how the Raptors passed on Suggs and took on Scotty Barnes. But, hey, man, they're looking right so far. And, and especially if you're talking about a team that's, that's so centric about development, um, I, I take the guy that could do everything in Scotty Barnes or potential to do everything in Scotty Barnes. And you see what they did with Pascal Siakam, OG Anunobi, Fred Van. I mean, the list goes on with all these guys. We can even talk about, um, we can talk about Gary Trent and how he's turned into a two-way guy. It's funny because this guy, no, I don't want to say this, but Gary Trent was, he's been known as a shooter his whole basketball career, right? Portland, he was lighting it up, right? But what's interesting is the minute he goes, well, not the minute because he, he was there last season, but but now that he's in Portland, he's the, not Portland, now that he's in Toronto, he's developing to the, more of this two-way guy where he's getting, where he's, I think he's leading the league in steals, I think, right now. So, uh, that component of his game could really add some upside to the kind of player that that he is. So, yes, it, it, it's very interesting to see um, that development in Gary Trent, and no surprise that they, that's going on in the Raptors. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see um, as they develop other guys like Chris Boucher. I know there's there's been some talk about Siakam trade, and let's see what they get from that. But, yeah, that, that's a nice up-and-coming to, to watch out for. Another up-and-comer is that I like watching is Orlando Magic. You know, Cole Anthony, a lot of people think is the front runner for most improved, but they typically don't give most improved to sophomores. So he, he might miss out on that. But just the improvement and, you know, if, if you paid attention to that draft, just the upside that was advertised of him, woo, he is showing that now. So Cole Anthony and just um, the draft pick of Franz Wagner, you know, Franz Wagner, he was he was a guy that a lot of people were kind of iffy on, but I mean, he, he's looking great. So just just seeing those two work in a tandem is beautiful. That's just beautiful to watch in Orlando. And we got guys like, you know, Chumo KK returning from his hip injury. He's looking good from the jump. Mo Bamba's finally starting to play. You know, we're still waiting on Jonathan Isaac. So yeah, Magic is a great up and coming team to see if they could potentially um, scare some people for that playing spot. But we'll see. Oh, can't forget Wendell Carter Jr. You know, he's looking good as well since that Vucevic trade. So, uh, and, and then, what, yeah, within the East, I, I have a couple wild cards, the, the Charlotte Hornets, right? And the Hornets, we, we saw what they did last season and – and you know how they made the play-in game, and I think yeah, they did get waxed in that play play-in game. But the fact that they made it there at least puts you on notice to say, okay, this team is on the up, is up and coming, you know. And and it's just beautiful to see them blossom this early in the season. Miles Bridges is is probably is not probably he is the front runner for most improved right now. So, you know, uh, with the additions of Kelly Oubre, Mason Plumlee, um. And their draft pick, I mean, James Booknight hasn't really done well. Oh, yeah, um, Ishmith, that, that was another big addition for them. So, yeah, th- this team should be fighting for that 6th, 7th, 8th seed. I mean, if if just the improvements on Miles Bridges. See, the, the thing about the NBA is if you have a guy that could crack into – 
let's say, a top 30 player, that just gives your team a lot of upside. So if Miles Bridges can continue this tear that he's on, that could really add on to the upside of this team, especially the fact that he has so much chemistry with LaMelo, who is there, you know, who the offense is, is um, evolved around pretty much. So if um, just those two, um, just those two, if with Miles Bridges giving it that much upside, this is a team that, you know, could could get that fifty. I mean, they, they could be competing with, you know, these teams that you're talking, we're talking about the Knicks and the Hawks that are like these mid-tier playoff um, Eastern teams. I mean, the Hornets could be right. The Hornets could end up with a better record. I wouldn't be surprised. So that that's an interesting wildcard team. Another wildcard team I'm looking at is the is Washington Wizards. And boy, do these guys get gritty. You know, like a- after that trade where they traded Russ for the Montrez Harold Kuzma, KCP, like they got guys that have playoff experience. You know what I'm saying? They And, and Kuzma, a guy that's young enough to, to finally be in a place where he feels like he could blossom. He's not just there playing. He's not just there playing a role beside LeBron, you know, so. So, yeah, I, I like what the Wizards, you know, the signing of Spencer Dinwiddie as well was, is pretty big. So I, I just like the identity that this team finally has now, which is, look, man, I know we're not winning the championship, but guess what? You're going you're gonna to fight if you come up in here. You know what I'm saying? So Wizards is another interesting team to watch, one of my favorite teams to watch right now, just based on how their fourth quarters tend to turn out. I can see a lot of overtime games from them. So, so yeah, Wizards, a, a definite um, dope wild card team right now. And then another wild card team I would say is the Bulls that I just discussed earlier. And just like I said, you know, the guys – that they added DeRozan, Lonzo, and just the offense of DeRozan, Lonzo, sorry, not Lonzo, the, the offense of DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic, just that trio gives that team so much upside. They can compete with the top three teams. I see, I mean, top three, they can compete with the top three in the West. I see that. But like I said earlier, my, my worry is how good could their defense be when it gets real? And, you know, that really – gives you, like I said, Thibodeau gives the Knicks a floor as to they're not going to be worse than 7th, 8th seed. You feel me? Thibodeau gives them a floor. So I, I just wonder with Bulls lacking that defensive upside, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, the, in other words, the bottom can just fall out of this team, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So – so that that that's a wild card that I see in the East. The Bulls they they could really shake things up in the East. So that that's an interesting team to see how they play out. Moving on to the West, uh, the first up and coming team I like to talk about is the Grizzlies. And you know it, it's it's some it's beautiful to see John Morant be a top five scorer as of right now. I mean I know he was leading the league for like a week a week there and now he's he's crept down to like fourth or so but let's see what range he can sustain in like even if he doesn't stay top five can he stay like a top seven top a score in the league like like i like how i just mentioned with miles miles bridges and the kind of upside that he could give the hornets just based on his improvement it's the same thing with jaw here when your best when your best player improves the upside of your team just goes up with it you know what I'm saying? So, 
So Ja Morant, you know, and just um, Memphis doing an excellent job of roster construction and just getting draft picks that fit. And, you know, they have a lot of guys that I could see playing a lot of important playoff games from, you know, DeAnthony Melton. That guy's always been good. He's been good since since he was drafted on the Rockets, traded to the Suns. Like, like he, he was always good. It was just a matter of when did this guy get minutes. And now that, you know, with the Dylan Brooks injury kind of opening up an opportunity for him, it's, it's good to see just confirmation that, yeah, like with, the, with more opportunity, this guy performs, you know. So DeAnthony Melton, Desmond Baines, another one that's, that's uh, t- turning out to be a, an excellent draft pick. And, you know, if you study that draft, a lot of people were loved Desmond Baines. So to see him end up in Memphis, who is great in, in just, you know, making use of role players, like that, that's an, an excellent fit. So, so yeah, and, and you know, with um, Jaron Jackson, uh, he he he's he's the guy that really he he's he's the guy that influences the upside of this team second to job right I mean obviously duh he's the second best player on the team but I I just mean like when we're watching Memphis and these playing games and whatnot like and, and the playoffs last year like Jaron Jackson is that guy that we're looking at okay if he could come along with Ja come along and, and and perform at a high level that we know that you're capable of you know if he could develop into being reliable to perform on a high level the same way Ja is is reliable to perform at a high level you know that this team could really start upsetting people and maybe be more like a fifth six-ish team in the west you know and getting that mix you know so so yeah, Grizzlies are interesting, up and coming to to watch for sure. The Kings, like I just said, they're they're just a great collection of talent. I I I believe you know the only reason the Kings do bad is like I said, you know later on in the in the season when it gets real, you know t- uh, if if you're if you don't have a solid foundation, or and great leadership, like it's gonna fall apart. I don't you know I don't care what talent you got, you know. Like, like with the whole Bagley stuff going on, too, with him not playing, you know, it, it's, it's okay now. I, I get it's okay now. You got enough talent. It's the NBA. You got enough talent to beat teams or to even compete. I get that. You know what I'm saying? But um, they didn't do something about this Bagley drama. Either trade him or or something because his dad's going to come out again with something, and that's going to be on the media. But that that's, that's just – some drama we don't even want to get into with the Kings. I mean, I mean, let's focus on the positive and just, you know, with how good Tyrese Halliburton's looking and, you know, Harrison Barnes, he's always been a baller. Um, Rashawn Holmes, you know, the, these guys j- just, they, they have a great team. I don't want to say great team, but they have a solid team that I think if there was no drama on this team, this, this team, sh- I don't see why they shouldn't be able to make the play in, you know? So, so we'll we'll see how how their development goes, especially De'Aaron Fox. Um, that's the guy that we really need to watch out for to see uh, how the upside and how good he really gets, you know. So then the next up and coming team that I see here, the Timberwolves. Right, we we got we got Carl Anthony Towns. You know, I mean, I, I don't even know if, if he's a vet at this point. You know, like. The only issue with the Timberwolves is how long are you going to be rebuilding? 
You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, um, they do have some nice young pieces. You know, Cat, D'Lo. I know a lot of people aren't fans of them today, but I mean, let's keep it real. These guys could still some. They could ball. You know, like, like I I, I know they don't give you. You feel like they don't give you winning elements, but that's the thing is that their flaws. That, that, that's that's on Minnesota. They have to figure out how to fill in what Cat and D'Lo does not do. Fill that fill it in around them. You know what I'm saying? So, so but the most interesting thing going on, of course, is Anthony Edwards and his upside and his you know the battle between Edwards and Lamelo. Who's better? Like I, I know that's not a crazy convo, but I know that's in the back of everybody's mind, you know, just based on, you know, LaMelo winning Rookie of the Year and and Edwards being the number one overall pick, so that comparison is always going to be there, so, but but yeah, to Timberwolves, it, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, Jaden McDaniels, you know, he, he looks like a sleeper in that draft, that, that's a bright spot, but, you know, overall, like, Timberwolves, it's like, how long are we going to be rebuilding, like, uh, are we going to be shooting for the playoffs now or are we going for another tank season? I, I, I think, uh, uh, yeah, your, your guys aren't young enough, aren't young enough to just blow it up. But I, I don't I don't know where it is with this team, but they are at least exciting to watch. And that's why they're on this list. They're fun to watch. That, that, that's it. And then when it comes to the Spurs, it, I, I, I love to see, you know, Devin Vassell play so so soon because the Spurs seem to put that guys in the doghouse for two, three years before we even see them. So it's nice to see, you know, guys like Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, all, all those guys. In fact, the whole team collectively, Derek White, you know, DeJounte Murray, like they, it's nice to see them all come together and kind of fill in for, you know, the DeRozan leaving, you know, so. So, yeah, yeah, I just love what the Spurs are doing, just nice and slow. You know, Spurs is like that grandma cooking. You know what I'm saying? You can't rush it. You know, and, and the thing about the Spurs is that, like, what, what you have to admire is they never tanked. <laughs> like, what's the highest draft pick that the Spurs had? You know what I'm saying? What's the highest draft pick? That, that's something I'm going to look back on. But, yes, the Spurs um and just their – the way they rebuild is something you have to respect, salute, and be excited for to, to see, you know, can they actually turn this team into a contender? That's the question. When you don't have high draft picks, it's, it's hard to put together a contender. But we can the Spurs do it? So that's something to pay attention to over the next few years, you know, and just enjoy their youth as of now. So um, the the – these teams aren't really, you know, I wouldn't call them up-and-comers. These these teams are too deep into the rebuild to call them up-and-comers, and that's Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, OKC Thunder. Um, there, there's a lot of interesting young pieces, you know, to watch from those teams. And I also like to, I guess I'll shout the Pelicans, but I, I, I think, you know, they, they, they actually, they look like the worst team, maybe the worst team right now, but that that's in large part Zion's not there and Ingram's been out for like a week now. So Pelicans, I still believe a lineup of, you know, uh, Devontae Graham, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Ingram, Zion, and Valanciunas. I, I think that's an interesting starting five and that they can give people trouble when when they're fully healthy. But, but yeah. That, that, that's it for, I guess, the, the landscape of these teams and, and what I'm seeing, 
you know, overall. And but now let me zoom in to the the youngins, you know, within the NBA. And I want to talk about the stacked 2021 rookie class versus the weak 2020 rookie class. All right. So heading into this 2020, well, last year, 2020 rookie draft, it, um, nobody, well, people weren't excited really outside of, you know, LaMelo Ball and just, you know, with the whole, his ties to the baller brand and, you know, just to see what he turns into. Like that was the main excitement around that draft. But yes, it was known to that outside of the top three, which is LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, and Wiseman, James Wiseman, like that, there wasn't any really upside on on this in this draft, and and, and rightfully so, you know. But but I, but I do believe that this the twenty twenty rookie draft was deeper than advertised, and and if you paid attention, there were a lot of role players. Like there weren't star players, but there were a lot of role players that that are gonna find roles on teams. So that that that's something um. And I think we saw a lot of that on display last year. You know, when, when we could talk about like Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, like just to kind of what they were starting to show. But yeah, or Desmond Bain. Like there were a lot of players that showed, okay, I could be a role player. You know, Emmanuel quickly showed he could be like a great six man type of guy. Like they, like a lot of different role players popped popped out last season. So or like Preyton Pritchard, you know. But um, if I want to talk about the guys that have been impressive that I'm saying have been like impressive that I know, okay, these guys ain't going nowhere anytime soon. Like these guys are, are, and probably are going to be, are have potential to maybe have flashed all-star potential. Let me say that, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, I really think there's four guys that really stand out in this draft for sure, which is LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton and Cole Anthony, like the those four guys are probably the main guys that I would say as of now, from just based on what we're seeing this season, continuing off of last season, have been impressive, and I I, I would say are the top the top guys in this draft. I know there's guys that that are being held out with injury and don't have the opportunity yet, but. Um, but yeah, those 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 four names stand out to me, and and I I just wanted to mention that because when I compare it to the 2021 draft, right, let, let me pull this up right here. Like, I I I I can't remember. I can't remember the last time this many rookies showed this much potential this early in the season. You know, like this 2021 rookie draft was being compared to. The 2003 draft with LeBron, Wade, and all that, like, and yeah, like, I mean, so far, so good. They're 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 being as good as advertised. So let let me pull up the the rookie draft of 2021. So, you know, I'm, I mean, definitely, you know, Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, they haven't really. Well, Jalen Green had like two good games. Cade hasn't really popped off yet. So, I mean. But let's not focus on that. The main, the main focus are the guys that are performing. And and as I go down, I'm like, half of the lottery, like we're only three weeks in, guys, and half of the lottery has already proven that they're here to stay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and 
and you know we're, we let's go down the list. All right, Cade, he, he's he's just got from injury, so we need to give him some time. I think Jalen Green, after like the first, you know, those two two or three good games that he showed, at least sparked that. Okay, he's gonna stay in this league, but I mean, he I, I'm not saying like he's lived up to the All Star potential that you know he's he's supposed to have, but at, at least he's flashed that he's gonna be a player in this league. Evan Mobley, yes. Scotty Barnes, yes. Jalen Suggs, even though he's been somewhat disappointing, he's shown enough that he's going to be around. Josh Giddy, um, uh, Kaminga hasn't been given a shot, but yes, Franz Wagner, Davion Mitchell, who else? Chris Duarte. So, and and I will even go as far as Alperen Sengun, you know, like I'm looking at the top 16 guys and we're only three weeks in and Eight to nine of these guys already showed that that they're gonna be something in this league. With you know, you know when when they told us that, or not the yeah when they told us that this this draft has like you know the top four or five guys are probably gonna be all stars. Like they're already showing that on paper, and I'm just comparing that to you know what Cade because Cade Cade Cunningham is the headline of this whole draft. You know what I'm saying? So he, he, Kay Cunningham is being compared to guys in other drafts like Zion and LeBron, just hype-wise. I'm not saying he's on there, you know, that level of, or anything, but just hype-wise. Like, there hasn't been a prospect as hyped as Cade since LeBron, Zion type, you know? So just based on what these other guys are showing – and if Kate could, could live up to what we're seeing and Jalen Green, like those are two guys that we're kind of waiting for to really pop the top off this draft, if you ask me. You know, like I think Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, they've done their part so far. You know what I'm saying? They've done their part to say, hey, man, this class ain't no joke. You know what I'm saying? But Kate and Jalen, like if they live up to what, you know, they could potentially be, yeah, them we're really talking about this draft being compared to 2003 and whatnot and how much this could change the whole trajectory of the league, if you ask me. So, so um, you know, it, it's just interesting to see how, how impactful the rookies are compared to how impactful the sophomores are supposed to be. And if you ask me, I think the rookies are actually – Slight, just depth wise, they're outperforming the sophomores. So, um, with that, with that being said, I, I would like to say that it would have been interesting to have a rookie sophomore game this year, you know, and that that that's probably like my last, you know, my my last feeling on this episode is, you know, I I, I get it how we we want to brought in the the landscape of the NBA and make it more international and whatnot, but. I am a, I was a fan of that rookie and sophomore game, especially this year. Like this was a year that I believe rookies would have beat sophomores. You know, just looking at this rookie class compared to the sophomore class. Because um, I, I, I might I, I might have to look that up. But if I'm if I'm not mistaken, was it that 2003 um, rookie? Rookie class that beat 2004. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm gonna have to look that up for next episode. But but yes, that that's something interesting that that would have happened. I, I know that the reason they got rid of it is because there's like 
95% of the time, sophomores were winning it. Like, we knew which way it was going. But I, I, think, I think we should pay more attention to what the rookies and what the sophomores are looking like. And if we think it'll be a competitive game, we should just make it a rookie-sophomore game. You know what I'm saying? This, you know, USA-Canada is interesting. You know what I'm saying? Or not Canada. USA International, pretty much Canada. But, yeah, USA versus International is pretty interesting. But overall, USA, um, overall, the rookie-sophomore, I think, is more interesting to the audience, especially in a year like this where the rookie class was probably going to beat the sophomore class. So, so yeah, let me know what you think um, in the rookies of this year compared to the sophomores and their trajectories and what you think might go down. And that's it for today. So to wrap this up, this is opinions, not facts. Anything you disagree with, leave us, leave a comment, you know, send me a message, always willing to debate, see other perspectives. And next episode, I'll be bringing in other members from my fantasy network. You know what I'm saying? We'll be, just, we'll be discussing our new March Madness points league. We'll be discussing points league strategies and other transgressions within our fantasy league. So, with that being said, thank you for listening to the Case Court Podcast. It's the realest, realest basketball fan alive, Case, and I'm out. Uh. I've been killing all these suckers where they get, man. Seeing through your cat, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man. Uh, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. Uh, call me Captain, always gotta look for him. Beat so tight, I almost put a hook on it. Verse so far, I almost put a cook on it. Had a shit jumping, looking like I put a foot on it. Got a hundred on a dash when I book Sonic. Only game that I play, got a book on it. Got a flow so hard that it looks solid. Y'all be cynical, pitiful, read a book, college. Running it, they were putting like Weezy. Your baby stunting to Satan I'm paying nothing to sofa like David Ruffin All these niggas gossip about Get why they hating them I ain't singing to these bitches I lead that shit to Drake and them Pull up in the all black But I never was saving them I was probably just slaying them Nigga barely was dating them I could do this till I'm 50 Cause I rap with the cars You gon' quit it when you're 30 Cause you rap in the cars Swear your shit up a song I been all these suckers Where they at, man Seeing through your cap Cause my vision is a cat scan Trying to get up in the game Like I'm Pac-Man So I'm blacking out on the track Like I'm Batman I have been killing all these suckers Where they at, man See Seeing through your cat, cause my vision is a cat scan Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man So I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman I been rolling dolo on a mound, need me no robbing So I be running through paper that be thick but no robbing Man, I grew up in the city where them niggas be robbing I ain't stressing, I ain't messing with a bird like a robin Many niggas that can reckless, I approach it with caution Finessing how I move but go harder than rob, man Even at the bottom, I reach up for the top, man This is how you elevate from worker to the boss, man I ain't Mike Posner, I ain't posting too often But I'm trying to run the map from L Lay out to Boston, relationship goes. What the hell is she talking? I'm just trying to bang go something like Andy Dalton. Niggas say they ballin' well, how much did it cost? And I ain't talking LA, but these niggas be dodging. Looking for the competition, feeling like I done lost them. Cause it's murder that I wrote, caught a core in this chalk and don't get lost in the sauce. Fan. Suckers where they at, man. Seeing through your cat, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac Man, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. I've been killing all these suckers where they at, man. Seeing through your cat, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man So I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman 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 Blacking out on the track like I'm Batman